Welcome to Mary's Cup of Tea, the self-love podcast for women. I'm your host, Mary Jolkowski, an author, speaker, and all-around self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that will inspire you to love yourself. Hello, self-lover. Before we dive into today's podcast episode, I want to make sure you know about my two books on self-love. If you're struggling with body image or self-acceptance, then I highly recommend you check out my first book, The Gift of Self-Love. It's a comprehensive workbook to help you build confidence, recognize your worth, and learn to love who you are. Thousands of people have this book and the five-star reviews are so amazing. They give me so much life. So I hope that this is something that can help you too. You can get it wherever books are sold by searching for The Gift of Self-Love or go to my website, maryscupoftea.com slash book. After releasing The Gift of Self-Love and reading all your positive feedback, I realized that we really needed something to keep us going every single day. So not a deep dive workbook, but maybe like a micro dose of self-love in your daily life, which is why I wrote 100 Days of Self-Love. It's a guided journal with, you guessed it, 100 prompts that cover so many areas of life, including body, identity, purpose, emotions, mindset, relationships, and more. So you can really think of it as a metaphor multivitamin, something to keep you going, or as I like to say, growing on your self-love journey. You can get this journal wherever books are sold as well by searching for 100 Days of Self-Love or go to maryscupoftea.com slash journal. It's my mission to share all the self-love tea with you, so I hope that both my books and this podcast can do just that. We have just surpassed four years of the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. Can you believe it? I think this deserves a celebratory dramatic sip of tea. Please take one with me. I am just so grateful that you're here, whether you're newish or have been listening for all four years. This community has fulfilled me in such a deep way, and I truly thought that it would be a pretty short, like, experimental run of the podcast, but I just can't seem to stop. It's quite liberating to have a format where I I can talk and connect with you that's not attached to how I look or present myself on social media. I just love how intimate this feels. So thank you so much for letting me do this, truly. In the spirit of reflecting on four years of podcasting and also the new year just passed, I think a lot of us have probably set some goals or intentions, things that we want to create for ourselves moving forward. And with that might come a urgent, frantic sense of hyper-independence, this energy of, I need to do all these things and I need to do it all myself. Hyper-independence could be holding us back. At least I know it holds me back. But I am so damn reluctant to ask for and subsequently receive help. And not doing so leads to stress and resentment, me running myself in circles. On the flip side, the times that I have asked for help, even something as simple as like, outsourcing a video edit or asking my husband to help me film a brand deal. Or a couple months ago, I reached out to some friends in our small little group chat and I was like, hey, 
My husband and I are going through a really tough time. This was like after his car accident and just a lot of shit was going down in our private life. I was like, there's really nothing you can do, but could you just please send me some good fucking vibes? Like I just need goodness to come my way and I just need friends and people who who know me and who trust me and love me. And I just really needed to be loved upon in that moment. And honestly, that felt very vulnerable to ask because it didn't feel like a concrete request, right? I was just like, send me good vibes. And I hesitated because I don't want to bother somebody with a text like that and make them worry about me and then also make them feel helpless and not being able to tangibly do anything about it besides like sending me good energy. But when I tell you like that good energy helped, like it actually helped. It helped that my friends responded and just sent love. And that's what I needed most in that moment. That intentional directional love sent my way made me feel supported in my community. I read a quote in The Artist's Way, which is the journaling book that I frequently keep coming back to. And Julia Cameron, the author, wrote, the ego would rather pose as a creative loner than ask for help. And I think this phrase, creative loner, has a double entendre because obviously the journaling book is about like harnessing your creativity. But I think creative loner in this sense means that like we will do so much creative bullshit just to avoid asking somebody for help. Think of something small, because I do believe that how you do small things is how you do most all things. Think of something like, okay, I pulled up to the UPS store and I had a bunch of packages to like ship out and like Amazon returns and stuff. And I had so much shit in my arms. I tried to open the door with my foot. And when I say with my foot, like think of where the door handle is. It is high, right? Like I lifted my leg all the way up past a 90 degree angle to like 120 degree angle to like hook my foot and open the door for myself as I'm holding all this stuff in my arms rather than turning to the person walking through the other door in the shop next door and being like, hey, sir, excuse me, could you help get this door for me? right? Like how bizarre (laughs) that we twist ourselves in so many different ways and directions just to avoid asking for help. Your self-worth is directly proportional to your willingness to receive. And I use the word receive here as synonymous to accept. So for example, like it's one thing for someone to show you love, but it's another beast to actually accept someone's love with an open heart. And that's the same with receiving help. Like if you're reluctant or resistant or refusing to receive help, that gentleman maybe opening the door for me would have made me feel not as good because I was like grr and gung-ho about doing it all myself. Whereas if I'm open to receiving a very simple act of kindness, then I am actually left feeling better, not just about myself, but the other person is also left feeling good about the small act of kindness that they showed. This extends into big ways too, like those big requests and acts of support that we need from other people. So today I want to explore this healthy receiving energy and give you some graceful 
ways to think about asking for help when you need it or simply when you want it. You don't have to be in a place of desperation in order to be worthy of receiving help. You can ask for and receive help from a very calm, steady, even independent mindset simply because you want it. You want other people on board with with your mission and being in your space. And we need to help each other to combat loneliness also. If you're listening to this, you might relate to one of these two types of upbringings. Not to get a little like family therapy over here, but how I've observed it in my life is that my family, this is the one of two, my family instilled independence into my bones. And by my family, I mean my single mom. So maybe you also have a single parent that told you to never rely on anyone but yourself, right? My mom has gone through three divorces, two that I was with her side by side and observing everything. Not only was I left to like raise myself so much because she was working and trying to get us on our feet and be independent after getting destroyed by these divorces. The message that I received from witnessing that is that people, especially men, can't be trusted. There's another scenario that I feel like leads to a reluctance toward asking for help. And that's like a family that was rather codependent or maybe like enmeshed in each other's affairs, might have created some drama, or maybe like one party was left with less because they were too dependent on the other party, i.e. another example of like a divorce. This is such a common case where one side of the family has to rebuild and then the kids get sucked into it. But big caveat here, actually, I don't believe that the problem is that somebody was like too dependent. I think we victim blame in this sense often, not all the times, but often we victim blame and we say things like, well, you shouldn't have depended on him or you should have known you should have had all your stuff or a backup plan, a plan B, because, you know, nobody can be trusted. Right. I don't think that that's right. I think the real problem here is financial abuse or I guess what I've experienced is like financial abuse. There's probably other manifestations of this, but like either way, the narrative that people can't be trusted holds true in both scenarios. I remember we were celebrating my husband's birthday at his family's house and his dad made this beautiful toast and he basically said, I hope all your dreams and wishes come true and that you can achieve anything you want And if you can't, just call us and we'll come to help. I remember being so triggered by this in like an envious way. I was like, okay, well, nice for you that you have fucking family to help you with things. And like, I didn't. And, you know, I just felt this like envy. And I realized that that came from a childhood wound that I just didn't feel like I had people helping me, not just my parents, but like that sense of community. And the times that I did receive help, like say from grandparents, they wrote me a small check for like a little college fund for my 18th birthday, right? It felt like I wasn't allowed to feel entitled to it. Like I almost had to like 
overexpress my gratitude. And it was just this like huge thing that like a family member would put any money toward my future, right? So when I heard my husband's dad, my father-in-law now, like treating his son with such compassion and such like belief in him and also being willing to catch him if he falls or not even catch him, but like help push him up too. And my TikTok feed for some reason is filled with like life in Europe or differences between living in the US and living in Europe and not to like glamorize European lifestyle when I've never really experienced it and not to knock on the American lifestyle because there's a lot here to be grateful for. But one gal living in Italy, she talked about how it is unheard of for a kid to move out at 18 years old. It is unheard of for a 25-year-old to be completely on their own without their parents' support. It is unheard of for a 35-year-old with a family and kids to not rely on grandparents, for example, for childcare. It's like unheard of, like the family unit is different and the family unit is really based on I'm going to help and support my kids as much as possible. And again, I felt triggered by this. Like I watched this and I was like, that's lame. Like I moved out when I was 17 years old and I had my job and paid for my apartment. And I had to do that because, you know, I had to raise myself and, and that's how I established my independence. And there is a prideful part of me. And that goes back to that Julia Cameron quote of the ego would rather pose as a creative loner than ask for help. And that's exactly what my ego has been doing for the majority of my life, even to the point of judging the people who are lucky enough to receive their, their parents and their family's support when that should be just like normal. Like if you're going to have kids, you should expect to support them at the very least emotionally, right? So anyway, there's like a lot there to unpack maybe in your next therapy session about what is your relationship to receiving help? How was help received or not received or requested or not requested in your upbringing? I am quite the skeptic when it comes to health claims that I see on the internet. There's just so much out there promising to help you, heal you, or make you better in some way, but most of it is unstudied pseudoscience. But skeptics still need vitamins, which is why Ritual's clinically backed Central for Women 18 Plus is my go-to multivitamin. With shorter days and me working from home, vitamin D is a must, and most women aren't getting enough of it. That's why I take two Ritual multivitamins every morning before breakfast to cover my basis. They're gentle on an empty stomach while containing vitamin D3, vitamin E, folate, vitamin B12, iron, magnesium, boron, omega-3, and vitamin K2. The Essential for Women 18 Plus is also USP verified, which stands for United States Pharmacopeia. It confirms that the product's ingredients are actually the ingredients that are listed on the bottle, so you can trust what you're putting in your body. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 40% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash Mary's Tea. This offer is only available through January 31st. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash Mary's Tea for 40% off. 
not to make all my references related to things I see on the internet, but there's some great points being made out there. I saw a reel of a mom and the text was like, instead of teaching our daughters to not depend on a man, why don't we teach them what kind of men they can depend on? Again, triggered because my mom was like, don't depend on a man. And she went on in her caption to explain that hyper-independence is killing us individually and killing the communities that we need to survive. Also, these like big, bold hooks and taglines that you see on videos, like they intentionally aim to be controversial because that gets people like fighting in the comments and that's better for engagement. So take those like headlines with a grain of salt, just like with the news, you definitely have to like read deeper into the nuanced point being made and just seeing what resonates with you and leaving the rest. So I guess what I'm seeing as like the healthy approach to this is not just exclusive to daughters, depending on men, because that's heteronormative and also goes back to like very stereotypical gender roles, but more so teaching our kids what kind of people are safe to depend on. So not saying you should go figure it out yourself at all times, but saying, hey, try to figure it out yourself. And if you can't come to us, we'll guide you, right? And that's really what I received after I moved past my triggers. That's really what I received from my father-in-law's birthday speech is that like, I know you can do this and I know you're capable and I'm so grateful to celebrate your birthday here with you and to be your dad. And if there's something that I can help you with, I'm happy to. (laughs) Okay. Another little personal anecdote before I get into like how to actually ask for help this morning, literally just this morning, we (laughs) got bird cages because we're dealing with this bird problem in our house and the front porch and they're pooping everywhere. So I got these bird cages. They come into the mail And Stan opens the box and he's like, oh my God, I got to call my dad. He's going to be so excited. And I'm like, excited for what? And he's like, to install these like bird spikes. And I'm like, why? And he's like, he's just going to be so happy to help. Like he loves doing house maintenance, stuff like that, especially when it involves shooing away the birds. And I'm like, no, why would you bother him? Like he's, he's babysitting your niece and it's a weekend. He has other things to do. Like we can install these bird spikes ourselves. And he's like, no, trust me, he's going to be so happy. So he FaceTimes my father-in-law. This whole episode is turning into an ode (laughs) to my father-in-law, whom I do love dearly, whose help I'm so grateful for. But when I tell you this man was stoked (laughs) about the potential to install these bird spikes and update, he is coming over tomorrow to do so. And again, I'm like, why? Like we can do it ourselves, but also why not, right? Like people do get a sense of satisfaction from helping somebody and it's an act of generosity to give them an opportunity to do so. I'm not talking about taking advantage of people or asking for something so big and grand that's going to make them feel uncomfortable refusing, but small, simple ways that people can show up for you and allowing them the, again, opportunity to do so is going to bring you closer. The truth is you probably can do it yourself, but do you want to? And vulnerability 
it's not vulnerability unless it comes with a release of some control. That's why it's vulnerable, because you don't know how the other person's going to react. And you can't with 100% certainty predict the final result. Doing it all yourself isn't necessarily better. It's just more predictable. But I do believe that there is a way to safely and securely ask for and receive help. I approach this in a rather pragmatic way. Firstly, you want to identify the areas in your life where you could use some help. Whether that's work-related, around the house, childcare, maybe something with a friend, like asking a friend to do something for you, or even to just accompany you somewhere. Last night, my best friend Dolly and I FaceTimed for hours, and a majority of those hours were spent with her helping me pack for my upcoming trip to Portugal and Morocco. I'm hosting a retreat in Portugal, and I'm just nervous as I always am. And I generally tend to channel my stress and anxiety by simply redirecting it into something that doesn't really matter. So instead of (laughs) acknowledging that I'm feeling vulnerable and and nervous about the upcoming retreat, I (laughs) will like fixate and obsess over something else. And that is often what I'm packing and what I'm wearing. And I really needed a friend to be like, Mary, your clothes are great. You don't need to go out and buy new shit. Here's how we're going to put together outfits. Here's my honest take on these pieces that you're pulling out. And I just needed a friend to do that with me. Literally for an hour and a half, we were going through my entire closet, piecing together outfits and setting them aside in my suitcase so I could pack them for my trip. And I was just so eternally grateful. She said, Mary, like, I'm I'm happy to do this. Like, this is fun for me. I, I like styling and I love you. And, you know, she was just so reassuring in that way. And I felt like I walked away feeling more whole after her help than I did before. Because can I put together my own outfits? Yeah. Can I stress myself out and run to Nordstrom Rack and buy stuff and fixate on it and make it my husband's problem as I tend to do. (laughs) But luckily I had a friend in that moment who was just helpful and I was grateful for her help. And I am trusting that she genuinely enjoyed helping me as well. So where in your life could you use a little help? Can you enroll people into doing something not for you, always, but maybe even with you. That might be a fun, nice stepping stone to just practice receiving support. When you find that area of like what you need help with, you can go through your mind and like as a way to anxiety mitigate, identify the potential risks, right? Like what do you have to lose? Some money, some time, inconveniencing someone, them having something over you, which might feel like a debt of some sort. Okay, cool. Now move on to the potential benefits. Maybe it's investing in the future. So for example, if you hire somebody to help you with something, maybe the first time is going to feel, you know, like it's, it's more work than it is help. I don't know about you, but especially as it pertains to my business, like sometimes I I don't want to 
hire somebody because I just don't have the time to train them how to do something the way I like it. So I tell myself, like, it's just better if I do it myself. It's faster, right? I think a lot of moms struggle with this too. Like, instead of saying like, hey, could you uh, clean up around the house or do the dishes? And then suddenly you can't find the dishes that you asked somebody to put away. So you're like, oh, I'm never going to ask for help ever again. I'm just always going to do the dishes myself. That's anxiety. That is partially, not always, of course, the other person has to be receptive to like actually helping you and not in a way that's going to cause more stress. But there's a a part of like, I don't want to take the short-term time it takes to teach you or to lead you in exchange for the long-term benefit of getting something off of my plate. So I'm going to keep running myself in circles One example for me is like video editing. Like it just takes me so much to take my brain and then put it into an email and then ask like a video editor to put something together for me when I feel like it's easier for me to just sit there for three, four hours and to nitpick and do it the way my perfectionistic self likes it done. But as a result, I get stuck editing these goddamn videos, something I don't even like doing, instead of focusing on what my true strength is or what I'm really passionate about. So I hope you can kind of deduce how this applies to your life as well. Now, of course, if the potential risks like far outweigh the potential benefits, the benefits like investing in the future or gaining back time, giving someone an opportunity, maybe giving them the intrinsic satisfaction that comes with helping someone, and then decide, is it worth trading short-term fears for longer-term peace? Is it worth it? Maybe I, I need to go through the clunkiness of teaching a video editor how I like my reels to be made and trade that short-term like control freak in me for the long-term like peace and trust that like eventually they'll learn and they'll get it and they'll probably end up making videos better than I ever could. And I'm going to be so grateful. My podcast producer, Bethany, I know you're listening to this, but Bethany is like a perfect example of this. I was just so <laughs> I just didn't think I wanted to hire a podcast editor because I'm like, no, what if they they cut out parts that I want in or they keep parts in and don't know how to read my mind about how exactly I like my podcast edited? Well, guess what? After four years of working together, Bethany can officially read my mind. And that's exactly how I feel about my retreat experience coordinator, Stephanie. When I tell you this woman is better at planning and executing on a retreat than I ever could be, ever, ever. Like it's just enhanced the retreat experience for for the people that come. And it makes me feel so much less alone that I have somebody working on this with me. And it feels, I hope it feels for them also like an equal exchange of energy and, and like an opportunity for all of us to grow. Fun fact, I don't know if you know about this, but there's actually psychological research that shows that People actually like you more if you ask them for a favor. This was coined as the Ben Franklin effect because there's this old story about how apparently Ben Franklin had this rival in the legislature and he decided that rather than trying to like 
fake a relationship with his enemy. He just sent him a letter asking if he could borrow some rare book from his library. And the rival actually ended up sending him the book and letting him read it. And then he returned the book with a note saying like, hey, thank you for letting me borrow and read your book. I loved it so much. Studies show that this like exchange of asking somebody to help you for a favor, it makes their brain more likely to think fondly of you. And yes, this can be used as a manipulation tactic and I don't recommend it. We are, we're talking about like ethical, honest ways to build relationships. I thought about not bringing this up because I know it can be misconstrued, but I decided to bring it up because again, if you're listening to this podcast, you're not a manipulative, malicious person. I'm sharing this with you to illustrate that there are benefits to asking people to help you. And it's actually a really good way to build a relationship. What happens in the brain, in case you're interested in psychology, is that there's this like cognitive dissonance between somebody not liking you or like not knowing you. And then if you ask them for a favor to which they will say yes, because it's probably something small and reasonable. So when they do that, their brain has to reconcile this like cognitive dissonance between like, I don't know this person very well, or I don't like this person very well to like, oh, but I just helped them. So I must like them and I must know them in some way because I was willing to extend myself to support them. So to reconcile that gap, the brain is like, oh, I do like this person. <laughs> it's kind of funny how how brains do that. And studies also have extended this to show that in relationships, couples who receive help from one another are closer. So even just if you're about building deeper, stronger relationships. And this has to be, as always, an equal exchange of energy. I'm sure you genuinely enjoy helping the people you love. So why not give them the opportunity to do the same for you? For me, it's not about how others feel about me. It's about how I feel about myself. So something simple like asking someone to hold the door for me, it just makes me feel that person that I want to be, which is friendly and supported and connected and empowered. Everything in life has an exchange of energy. Any being you come into contact with, you have a dynamic with them. So if you give more than you receive, there is an imbalance in that energy. Just like with anything, leaning deeper into one direction versus another will eventually weigh you down. Picture it like a seesaw. If you're leaning too far over, you're not going to be able to get up if that seesaw, if one side of the seesaw is just on the ground. But you can create a sense of harmony I'm not going to say balance because your seesaw is never going to be like perfectly straight, but it's going to teeter, you know? And to me, that's harmony. You can create this harmony and cultivate self-worth by embracing that equal and opposite reaction. And in this case, it might help to ask for help. I hope you enjoyed this solo episode four years of the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. Thank you so much. And in the spirit of asking for help, if you enjoyed this episode or any of our other ones, if you could please leave a rating 
on Spotify or a review on Apple Podcasts. Those are always much appreciated. You can also pay it forward by sending one of my episodes to a friend who you think would enjoy the show, and that would really help me continue doing this. So thank you so much. I love you, and I will talk to you when I get back from Portugal. One last thing before we farewell, my self-lovers. If you've been enjoying the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave a review on Apple or rate the show on Spotify. You can do this by searching for the show Mary's Cup of Tea. Scroll all the way down on Apple Podcasts and you'll see stars where you can click one of the stars and leave a few kind words. It just means so much to me because I'm so behind the scenes when I'm podcasting, so I don't really get to see the impact of the show unless you leave a review. And on Spotify, there's just a button that says rate the show and it'll let you put however many stars you want. Your feedback helps the podcast grow. And as someone whose love language is words of affirmation, your kind words mean the world to me. Thank you so much for supporting the show and helping me spread the gift of self-love. I love you all so much and I will talk to you in next week's episode.